Hi, how are you? RJ here, and it's time for another episode of Realms and Nerds. Just a few quick things before we get into this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like our show, don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes as they are released. Also, don't forget to share the show with your friends or anyone that you think would be interested in the podcast. We would really appreciate it. It's one of the best ways to help our listening audience grow. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. For Facebook, we also now have a fan group that we have set up that you can join. You can find a link to that through our Facebook page. If you make a post on social media, don't forget to include the hashtag RealmsNerds. It's all one word, RealmsNerds. Thank you once again to our dear friend Kyle for composing the introductory music to the show that you will hear in a few seconds. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you all. God bless, and I hope you have a great day. Now, without further ado, we're going to delve again into the further adventures of the Return of Ornon. Previously on Realms and Nerds, The Return of Ornon. Maliocalus brutally dismembers and disembowels Mikhail's mother, father, and young sister. I am a member of the Leaf Coalition. We guard this forest against any attack. I will have the fellow priests of my temple protect your forest. I am known by many to the name of Mossy. If you speak my name when you run into any of my brethren, they will help you. Timber's Crest has fire all around it. Sibo has gone to investigate. I can assume the shape of a beast that I have seen before. Back in the forest, we were accustomed to uh, fighting bears when they came around, our living space. so small, didn't the gnomes travel in a pack? Oh, of course! Duran, you crazy son of a bitch! Sibo! I'm actually, like, working for someone. It's pretty serious business, actually. I'll uh, have some of my men escort you through the forest, make sure nobody gives you a hard time, and we'll get you back wherever you're going. How about that? What do you say? For old time's sake. Sounds like a deal, Duran. collectively decide that you should make a quick swing past Timber's Crest just to check out the area. Let's hit the bar. Let's hit the bar! You should probably make sure it's not burned down first. Yeah, I mean, that was like numero uno. I mean, if it's not, I could help with that. (laughs) Yeah, you could. Gonna make Joan check his guns at the door. <laughs> you guys have all had a long rest at this point. We'll, we'll say you guys all camped out after Sibo's meeting with his brother and kind of recovered your strength before this walk began. Oh, and um, as we start our journey through the White Timber Forest, Axel has returned from its journey to uh, the Bahamut Temple. Not to the temple, just oh, to, the, to the Gardens. The Bahamas. It was to meet with Mossy and the, uh... Axel has returned, however, a part of the top of her left ear has been cut off somehow. You need to treat your pet better. Hey, Axel, come here. What happened? You, you look like a mess. What happened to you? 
And uh, Do you want Peter to get involved? He's the guy that patrols the forest. Doesn't take kindly to uh, people mistreating animals. I hate him. Strange that I have never. He also likes bread. (laughs) He he likes bread a lot. Wait, do you mean do you mean this guy, the dragon that walks around and protects the universe? (laughs) (laughs) I I I would exactly say the universe. (laughs) I (laughs) patrol. He's this world's Uh. Captain Planet. This is a magical dragon flying through space. <laughs> oh, boy. Fly, fly. Yeah, so anyways, Axel doesn't really want to give you a whole lot of information about it. Basically, you get the sense that there was some kind of a, a fight. Axel got kind of caught up in this fighting with the warriors of Bahamut. Uh, and that's about all she'll tell you. Hey, Mikael! You speak? You gonna talk to me in that tone when your people are getting my animal caught up in your confrontations? Well, keep your pet on a leash. You had a full right to refuse my offer. I only asked Oxel to bear the message. The fighting would have been on her. I don't fucking like it. You were already paid. Shut up. Okay. Alright, just fuck off! If you have a fucking pack of small, walking around in the fucking forest, killing fucking animals, you heartless bastard! Ramash knocks Sibo out and just puts him over his shoulder and just starts walking on. Sibo, do a uh, constitution saving throw. We'll see if you actually get knocked out. Uh, we're good six? Yeah, you're out. (laughs) Anybody got a marker? Draw a little. Wiggly mustache. Are we retconning markers into this universe now, too? We retconned one into his face. <laughs> you motherfucker, I got a beard. Hey, hey you're asleep. You're unconscious. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, if I really wanted to, I could ask Gnomes to splash a mustache beard, guys. <laughs> So I'm going to take a stick and, like, light it and then use the, the charcoal, charcoal part of the stick and draw, like, like, uh, like one of those, like, fancy mustaches that kind of curls in at the handlebar? end. A handlebar? No, no. No, no, not a handlebar. Not, not exactly a handlebar. And then, like, a monocle on Sibo's uh, sleeping face. Joe, this is the most lighthearted I've ever seen you. Feels good to break loose once in a while. What can I say? I'm proud of you. Anyways, y'all are proceeding through the forest, um, heading towards Timber's Crest. At some point <laughs> along the walk, uh hour or two into it, Sibo wakes back up. <sighs> Feeling better? Fuck all of you. As you proceed a little bit further uh, towards Timber's Crest, you estimate that you are about a half day's walk away at this point. You hear some rustling in the underbrush in front of you, and uh, a noise that kind of sounds like some snuffling. It's an olifant. I'd like to do a perception check. I would like to do one as well. I also would like to do one. Actually, can I do a nature check? Sure. John's going to look at his gun. Critical fail. Eight. What did you roll in your nature yeah. check? Uh, 23. Okay. Ramash, you can see that there's trees and stuff. Mikhail is temporarily blind. <laughs> Apparently. He blinked. For a very long time. He got some sawdust in his eye. <laughs> Jonah's Jonah's looking at his gun and he, he does the whole thing where he takes <laughs> off a glove and just looks up towards the sun yeah, and just I- tries to wipe at the corner. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even get an eyelash out of his eye. <laughs> Jonah's like 
take out a gun out and looking it over, and he like turned it just so, and the light just up right into Mikhail's eyes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so with your twenty three, Sibo recognizes these sounds as being a bear. Oh, hey, guys, guys, guys. We got a, we got a bear up here. Tread carefully, everyone. You know your bear tactics, right? Yeah. 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 Mamash draws a sword. The, the gnomes all kind of <laughs> mumble in agreement. All right, all right. Where's you three that? stay out of the fucking way. Who so, put you in charge? Um, Joan charges in. Ramash charges in. I draw my sword and I follow suit. Okay. <laughs> I have my sword and shield out. I'm going for it. Seaboy, are you following him in too? <laughs> yeah, dreadfully. Okay. <laughs> so as you guys start charging in through the forest, you suddenly realize that what you've run into is getting a little bit denser, a little bit of a thicket, uh, and then suddenly, without warning, the ground drops out from underneath you, and you all fall into a pit. Oh, boy. Oh, for fuck's sake. We've been punked. Fucking dumbasses. So your gnome escorts were slightly farther behind you, and they're able to avoid the pit. They're up above to try and get you out. We got a 1743! Suddenly, I would like to look around the bottom of the pit to see if it's actually like a cave that leads into something, or is it just a pit? Uh, it's a pit. There is a small a cave area that leads off farther down. However, before you have much time to investigate much, you hear a low growl, then a roar, and out steps two giant grizzly bears clad in metal plate mail armor. And behind them is some kind of trainer slash handler who is sort of pushing them forward towards you. Does he look like the Rancor trainer? <laughs> I so, uh, if we kill them, will he start bawling his eyes out? <laughs> so can I do shit or we ro- do we have to roll an initiative? Like right yeah, now? that would be uh, that'd be some initiative. 21. Uh, 5. 19. 17. Okay. First up is Mikael. They just came out of the edge of the pit. They are 40 feet away. I would like to do a perception check really quick to see if they have any ranged weapons. Okay. That's a 6. The bears don't look like they're outfitted with any weapons other than, I mean, obviously they're, they've been outfitted with this special, like, plate mail that they've got on them. But other than that, they're bears. Um, they, yeah, they don't have like any like launchers or catapults or whatever. Then the uh, trainer that's behind them looks like he's got a spear or something in his hand, but you can't really tell outside of that what else he has right now. I like to cast Hunter's Mark, draw my longbow, and mark the trainer, and okay. take a shot at him with my longbow. Ten against AC. A 10 is not going to hit him. This uh, arrow goes a little bit wide of its mark. Ramash is up now. I'm going to cast Moonbeam on the trainer there. A silvery beam of pale light shines down in a 5-foot radius and up to a 40-foot high cylinder centered on a point within range. Until the spell ends, dim light fills the cylinder. When a creature enters the spell's area for the first time on a turn, or starts its turn there, it is engulfed in ghostly flames that cause searing pain, and it must make a constitution saving throw. It takes 2d10 radiant damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. And there's more to it, but it's in the book. Cause Holy shit. Yeah, it doesn't damage him now, it damages him on his turn if he's in the beam. 
And on my turn, after I cast a spell, I can use any, or sorry, an action to move the beam up to 60 feet in any direction. Okay. And that's my turn because that was my action. Freaking laser beams. <laughs> so, uh, Sibo is up now. Sibo's going to call up to his known companions and then proceed to take the 25 meters of rope he has in his bag to throw up. And then he's going to obviously tell them to secure the rope. Okay. And then from there, if they want to come down, it's up to them. Because he was going to turn around, grab his bow, and shoot at bear number one. Okay. Thirteen. No proficiency bonus? Plus proficiency. If okay. You're, when you're going against the it's 15. plus proficiency. Uh, a fifteen is not going to hit him. So the trainer is up next. So, he's so I have to do a constitution saving throw, correct? You are correct. Okay. Yeah, that's an 8. Nope, it's not going to do it. Okay. So, 2d10. Eight radiant damage. He gets blasted by this beam of uh, light and, you know, obviously catches him on fire. And he is um, burning up here. So I think he's going to use his action to roll kind of out of the beam. So he's going to move forward a little bit. And then take his spear that he has in his hand, and uh, he's going to throw it at Ramash. That's a 17 against AC. Yeah, that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. He's going to hit you for 5 points of damage. I have to make a constitution saving throw to maintain concentration on my moonbeam spell. 13, yay. Okay, so that is maintained. Five. Okay, so next up is the first of the bears. So he is going to come charging forward and smash into uh, Mikhail and try to take a bite out of him. So that's a 15 versus AC. That's not going to hit him. Okay. Uh, so he, I think he smashes into you, and uh, you kind of, like, swing your arm and hit him across the face to keep his mouth away from you. However, uh, the bears get a multi-attack, so he's going to come back at you and try to hit you with his claws. So that is a 20 versus AC. Yeah, that's going to hit That's eight points of damage. Uh, Joan is <laughs> up next. Joan is going to attack the bear that has not moved okay. with magic missile. Okay. He is casting it as a second level spell, so I get an additional magic missile dart. Okay. And that is... That is going to be ten damage. That bear gets... These four missiles that all impact into him, and um, he recoils back, and then he's going to drop back down onto all four paws, and uh, he is up next, and he's going to try and make a run at Joan now. Oh, you pissed him off. Sure did. Uh, that's a 20 versus AC. That won't do it. I don't believe you. Smart man, that'll hit. <laughs> That's nine points of damage. Okay. So he's going to run forward. He's going to bite down onto your shoulder. Oh. Take a nice chunk out of it. And then he uh, is going to make a second attack with his claws as well. That shoulder costs me an arm and a leg. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that second swipe with the paw is going to be a ten, and that's not going to do it, I'm sure. 
So we are now back up to the top of the order. Mikhail is up again. How far away from the trainer am I? He's at 20 feet right now. Is the trainer's right. name Jerry? <laughs> no, it's... Because um, I name would be Jerry the trainer. Or Jerry trainer. <laughs> I draw my rapier because I still have him marked. Okay. I am going to charge forward and try to make a stab at him. Okay. After I pass Thunderous Might on my rapier. Okay. 24. That'll hit him. Seventeen points of damage plus the thunder. That was very unnecessary. <laughs> you jump forward and with a spring in your step just drive this sword home. As you do, there's just this giant thunderous noise as that hits. I'll do a uh constitution check real quick. The first bear is stunned by the tremendous noise of this attack. So on his next attack, he's going to have disadvantage. Uh, next up is Ramash. Ramash is going to move the moonbeam over bear number uh, one. Then he's going to cast as a bonus action, Healing Word on Mikhail. Five hit points you get back there, Mikhail. And, um, yeah, that's my turn. All right, Sibo is up. Okay, so Sebo's going to do a quick look back to see uh, where his known compadres are. Currently, they are still up at the top. One of them waves to you. <laughs> <laughs> they all have their bows drawn, but they are not particularly interested in coming down there. I guess. <laughs> Another one yawns. The third one is asleep. Well, Sebo is just going to uh, climb up the rope. You coward. So much for knowing how to fight bears. It's, uh, see you later. How far you said? 30 feet? Yeah. Well, I got 25 feet movement speed, and since I uh, have double story work, I can climb without disadvantage. Could I see to see if anyone's going to help me out with the last five feet? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think the, the gnomes do, like, a comical little thing. Two of them take a third one, and they each grab one of his legs and lower <laughs> him down so he can grab your hands. <laughs> and they pull you up the last five feet. So, uh, yeah. Sibo peaced out, I guess. God, I made an exit plan. These are bears we're talking about. We're kicking their ass. Exit stage love. I want to fuck with some bears. Up. Yeah. Okay, so I'm next up is here. the first bear. Can I make a constitution? You gotta make a constitution throw. Mm-hmm. See what basically showed up and went. Uh, kind of run away. So. Seven. That looks somebody cat. Twelve bears. points of radiant damage. Alright, so this bear gets hit by the flames and lets out a just a mighty roar and uh, turns to try and get out of the, the path of this beam of light. And uh, as he does so, he sees his brother over by Joan, so he's actually going to come forward as well and also try to make an attack at Joan. Oh, hey, bear. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, that's a seven. And I'm not even going to roll my disadvantage, because I can't do much worse than that. He could critically fail. I suppose. The effect would be about the same, though. So, yeah, he comes over and tries to take a swing at Joan and can't quite connect with him. So, Joan, you are up now. Alright, tell you what, I'm going to do a first-level spell for Magic Missile. I'm going to hit 
the bear that I attacked before with two darts. Okay. And the one that just came over to try and give me a big old bear hug with one missile. Okay. Oh, wait. I don't have to roll for that. I just have to roll for damage. Okay. That's four on the bear that attacked me before. And one on the other bear. Yeah, these bears uh, both get hit. And um, they're getting really tired of being flamed on. So anyways... Um, oh, shit. My turn's not done. Because now i got to take a couple dice, take a player's handbook, and roll for wild magic. So Joan, not of his own free will, takes his gun and spouts a magic spell that hovers in the air and drifts down on him, and he is now confused. <laughs> he has cast confusion on himself. <laughs> Good. Okay. I'm going to look to see what that spell does. Yeah, I should probably look. That yeah, I should up. probably know what that does before your next turn. There we go, by the way. Okay. Sorry. An affected target can't take reactions and must roll a d10 at the start of each of its turn to determine its behavior for that turn. All right, so this second bear is going to turn and try to attack Joan, who is now confused. <laughs> um, <laughs> nine versus AC for the first attack. Nope. Not going to hit, and then he's coming at you again. Push. That's a, a nat 20. Come at you, bear. You shouldn't have said that. So that's 18 points of damage. Oh, my God. You did. No, you have like shit. So this points. bear uh, jumps forward and tries to snap at you with his teeth, and uh, you're able to sidestep, but as you do so, he rears back his paw and just catches you completely across the chest with all four claws and just rakes across your chest. Yeah, I'm not looking good at all. And Joan staggers back. Hey, Where, Mikhail. Does he fall down? Hey, or just I think we need staggered. a heal over there. Are you, uh, are you down or are you... No. I healed you. Like I said, I'm just, not my turn I'm just yet. looking really, really bad. Okay. Next. And, uh, well, it is Mikhail's turn now. Thank ah! you. How far away am I from Joan? You look to be about... about 20 feet. 100 feet away. I am going to pull a small piece of parchment out of my pocket, and I'm going to read it, and as I do, it burns up in front of my face, and I seem to have a glowing aura that is protecting me. Okay. No, wait. No, Joan. It is glowing around Joan. Sorry. This okay. is called Shield of Faith. It ranges up to 60 feet. A shimmering field appears and surrounds a creature of your choice within range, granting it a plus two bonus to AC for the duration, which is ten minutes. Then I'm going to mark the bear with Hunter's Mark, and I'm going to dash forward to try to stab it. You're talking about the one that just attacked Joan, correct? Yes. Okay. Does the Shield of Faith take a action? Bonus action. You can't take two bonus actions. In the same turn. I didn't. He didn't. Moving Hunter's Mark is in the Hunter's action. Mark transfers targets immediately after the originally marked target That's or current uh, mark. Right, because just whoever you're focused on, right? Yeah. Huh. Huh. That's a 21. That'll hit him. Eight points of damage. Yeah, you uh, run forward and catch this bear uh, just behind his left shoulder and go in and you uh, narrowly miss the vital organs, but this is definitely a hard hit that he's taken here. 
Ramash is up next. Has everyone moved out of the silvery light? Yeah, he uh, he moved he moved over because he was he was over here before because uh, he had been fighting with Mikhail before Mikhail moved. So then he moved closer to Joan. I guess I'm just going to use my action to move Moonbeam back over Bear One. What is the range of this beam? Like, the width? It's a five-foot radius. Okay. So, when you move this, Joan is also in the beam. Okay, I'm going to position it so the bear's in it, like Harvin's in it, so Joan's not in it, is what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to make sure Joan's not in the beam. That's my goal here. Okay. Okay. Bear's still in the beam, so he'll still take damage. Both of the bears are on top next to Joan now, aren't they? Correct. Oh, okay. So well, these are some pretty squirrels. So now. he's positioning it so that it's going to just catch uh, the first bear. You know what? Actually, just because he reminded me of that, I'm going to position it so it's catching both of them. So that he's not... So here, here's the thing. They're not, like, right next to each other. Joan's, like, kind of in between them. So if you want to target both bears, then Joan's going to be in the circle. That's the, <laughs> that's the way it's going to hey, go. Is it, it, it affects on their next turn? On their yeah. next turn, yeah. So on Joan's next turn. Correct. Yeah, he because he'd be starting. Put him in the beam. Well, I mean, he goes for four and put him in the beam. That's that's up to that's up to Ramash. I'm just saying. How do you got uh, this? You're not even down here. Hey, I was gonna say I his plan put him was in the excellent. Beam. Fine, you know what? Fuck it. I'll put everyone in the damn beam. Okay, so the beam is set <laughs> right, right in the, the middle there. Of the the bears and Joan. We're on Joan. I uh, think I'm getting abducted by C- aliens. Sibo <laughs> is up now. All right, so Sibo yells to his compadres. And gnomes, which are quick thinking and fast action beings, quickly create a chain of people with ropes and harnesses <laughs> to lower me down. So okay, that I may hold grab on, down. hold on, hold on, a hard time out. You do realize when you enter this beam on your turn, and you take damage. Hard time out. You're 30 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. A turn is like six seconds. There's no way you can make a chain of gnomes long enough to get down there in six seconds. <laughs> and okay. there's only, what, five or six gnomes? The idea is to basically grab Joan, get back to the rope, and get up. <laughs> and get hoisted up with people. You you can't make it, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> Alright, well here's how about this. You, can, um, you cannot feasibly, with your movement speed, you can't even really make it a, all the way down the road. I'm going to go 25 feet down the road. Okay. Since I have second story work, I can scale without any disadvantage. And yep. then I'm going to jump off the rope. Actually, okay. I will go 24 feet and then use my last foot to get leverage to jump off the rope. So I need you to do an acrobatics check for me. I'm picturing a whole 300 rise of an empire. He's running towards the cliff. And he just sort of does that. Leaping dive. Acrobatics? But, yeah. like, the end of your turn, Fun. you're still midair. Sibo grabs onto the rope and fast ropes down, and uh, just as he's reaching the end of the rope, he plants his feet against the wall and uh, basically pushes himself off, launching himself forward, and he smashes into Joan, knocking him through and out of the circle of light onto the ground. However, Sibo is now on the ground in the light circle. What am I making? You're making constitution, constitution saving, saving throw. throw. You'd be better off taking the dodge action at the end of your turn, because that I'm makes it so creatures that attack you have disadvantage on their rolls against your AC. Fifteen. Yeah, so you only take half damage. How much is half damage? Half, half of what we'll find out. So, five... 
half of 11 rolling down. I you go down. So, so yeah, down. Five. five. And then can I use my... Like a vampire UV street lamp. Because you knocked Joan out, you kind of tumble forward through the light. Next up is the first bear, so he's going to have to do a constitution roll here. It's an 11. Nope, not going to do it. Nine. Points of radiant damage. After he gets hit with this spell here, he is actually going to, in his jump to sort of get out of the way of the beam, he's going to move forward and then continue on and try to make an attack on Ramash. 23. Well, shit. That hits me. That's nine points of damage as he bites down on you, and then he's going to try and swing his claws at you as well. Uh, And that's 16. Yeah, it's going to hit me again. Wow. And that's another nine points of damage. fuck's sake! And then also with taking those hits, I know you had to roll to maintain concentration. I got them both. So you did? Okay. So the beam still is intact. The beam is still intact. Okay. 4 HP, in case anyone cares. Uh, Joan (laughs) is up next. Alright. Joan is going to be rolling a d10. Here we go. That's a four. Joan doesn't move or take any action. Okay. You were already sort of dazed, and Sibo just tackled you. Yep. So now I think you're. I think you're actually um, laying on the ground, just kind of looking up at the ceiling of the cave, like what? At the end of my turn, I can make a Wisdom saving throw. If I succeed, the effect ends. Okay. I have absolutely no idea what. I think success is eleven or above, right? Right. Yes. I think it's just okay. straight up and down. Well, that's a seven. So next up is the second bear. He's also got to try and roll here. It's a five. <laughs> He's taking full damage. He's getting hit. Five. Eight points of radiant damage. As he gets hit, he uh, is going to turn and um, going to try to go the other way and uh, make an attack on Sibo. That's a 20. Well, shit, man, that was sure hit. That's 13 points of damage. Oh, fuck, damn. See, two points of hit. Wow. Yeah. You're at two points of health? <laughs> I'm at four. My bro, so am I. Hey, guys, remember when I said let's not fight the bears? Well. What the fuck? <laughs> Do you want XP or no? Well. No, not. I don't want to fight bears for XP. <laughs> they're just bears. Yeah, but yeah, they're bears. You complain even after getting hit that hard. The, uh, the bear is going to try and follow up on you with his claws, but that's a seven, and that's not going to hit. So, next up is Mikhail. I ready my rapier for a second strike at the same bear that I have marked, and I am going to, while still avoiding the moonbeam... Right, you marked. The, you did mark the second bear, I believe, who's the one that's close to you now. Right. So, yeah, you don't really need to avoid the moonbeam. It's a 16. Uh, that is not going to hit him. Yeah, your sword is going to glance off of his armor there. Uh, next up is Ramash. Ramash is going to use a wild shape and turn into a fucking bear, and that's a bonus action. What do you turn into? Brown bear, black bear? I can only turn it's... into creatures I've seen yes, before. Yes. So these are brown bears. So these are brown bears. All right. so I, I see a, a red fox. Do you, okay. you get the hit points of a brown bear, too? Yes. yes. Oh, oh, shit. Top of whatever right, I got. Cool. So. We got. That's nice. Now red I'm going to attack the bear fox, square in front of me. Okay. So, first, my bite attack. Take for you more laying on the ground going. Oh, that does the fox sick. That's a 10 against AC, which I'm pretty sure I'm not going to do. Nope, that will not hit. 
And then uh, 24 against AC with his claws. That will hit him. So, nine slashing damage. Okay. Good job, buddy. Good bear. Good bear cat. Yeah, so suddenly, Ramash kind of sort of swells in size, morphs right into a giant brown grizzly bear, and uh, sort of with authority comes up and smacks this bear, I think is pretty surprised. (laughs) <laughs> to see another bear just materialize in front of him. And, uh, yeah, he takes nine points of damage. Next up in the order is Sibo. I assume it's dark. Fairly dark, yes. Uh, you so are down underground. I'm gonna disengage. Okay. Getting shatters. Okay. And, um, possibly scurry around back to the other side. Okay. How far would I get? Uh, I think you can probably make if you gotta go around, you can probably make it about halfway where the spot to go up is. Yeah. So next up is the bear in front of Ramash, and he is gonna try and attack at Ramash again, who is now a bear. That's a sixteen. Yeah, it's gonna hit him. Yeah, you got kind of a low AC. I do, but it's fine. I got a nice HP buffer. That's what I was going for. Uh, that's going to be seven points of damage. All right. Uh, and then he, after his bite attack, he's going to come back at you again with his claws. Thirteen. Yep, that hits too. Uh, and that's going to be six points of damage. All right. Joan is up now. All right. D10. Joan doesn't move or take any action this turn. <laughs> Make that wisdom saving throw there, bud. Joan... Joan is still just laying on the floor. Is he mystified by the glow surrounding him? <laughs> Something like that. I feel tougher. Oh, yeah, he's no longer confused. That was 17. Okay, go. the other bear is up, and he is going to try to attack Mikael here. So his bite attack is going to be a 12. Not going to hit. Uh, and then he's going to come back with the claws here. 15. Not going to hit. Okay, he is unsuccessful. Uh, and Mikhail is up. After successfully avoiding these attacks, I am going to spring forward with my rapier and try to find a hole in this bear's armor. Okay. That's an 11. You don't find a hole. <laughs> Even though the face is right there. So, uh, Ramash. Ramash. Or now. <laughs> Bearmosh is going to attack the bear right in front of him. Okay. Bite. 19 against AC. Battle hit him. Sweet. 10 points of piercing damage. Okay, so as uh, you come at this bear, you close your now massive jaws around this other bear's neck and uh, bite down, and there's a loud crunch, and this bear falls to the ground. Ramash roars triumphantly. Okay, Sibo is up next. Sibo's going to walk the rest of the way to his rope, but he's not going to go up the rope. When he gets there, he's going to pull out his short bow and attack the other bear. Well, okay. Don't really matter. That's probably not going to hit. It will hit. 15. Right? Nope. It hits? Not no? Rip. Oh, they have, 16 the, they have the plate mail. I forgot. They're wearing armor. Uh, so, yeah, no, that arrow glances off of the armor of this bear. Next up is Joan. Alright, Bear, time to meet your... Well, not your trainer, he's dead. Your maker, Chromatic Orb. So are you standing up, or are you just going to fire from the ground? (laughs) He's going to stand up. Okay. 
17 against AC. Not going to hit him. Okay, well, wild magic surge. Wizard, warlocks, and wild magic. <laughs> oh my. 53. <laughs> Joan is immune to being intoxicated by alcohol for the next 23 days. <laughs> Oh, despair. (laughs) Throw the the wrench in your visit to the tavern idea. Hey, you can still drink. Hey, you can outdrink anyone. Kill me now. Yo, bro, think of all the bets. The the pay. (laughs) How do you know this until you try to drink, though? All of a sudden, his liver gets a power-up, and he just goes, wow. Okay, so uh, the second bear is up. I guess the only bear that's currently remaining. He is going to try and attack Joan, who just shot at him. Uh, That's a 19. Yeah, it hits. Uh, That's nine points of damage. Doesn't matter. Thank you. I... He's down. <laughs> He'd rather die than not be able to get drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this bear, after jumping forward and crushing down on Joan's side and uh, flooring him to the ground, then lifts up his paw to try and bring down the killing blow right on Joan's head, just as Mikhail steps in. This I bear- am definitely going to try to make an attack if this bear is giving me an opening. Okay. 19 against AC. That'll hit. Or 9 points of damage. Just as this bear is starting to bring down his paw onto Joan's face, Mikhail actually darts forward and brings his sword up and does a quick cut right into the pad of the bear's paw, which makes him recoil back, giving Mikhail a perfect shot at the throat and kill shot. These bears are now both dead. Does the bear fall? Does the bear's corpse fall on Joan? I Chewbacca. From now on, that's my bear lore. Yes. Okay. The bear corpse lands on Joan. Ignoring the bear corpse, I'm going to reach down to Joan's <laughs> foot, and then I'm going to cast Lay on Hands to give him three points of health. Okay. Can I then make a strength check to move the bear off? <laughs> okay. I think he has disadvantage with the size of a bear. <laughs> It's a large beast, so I mean... Five. <laughs> you can't even move your arm. You are, you are stucker than Gimli underneath a ward. All right. <laughs> okay, I would okay. like to begin skinning one of the bears. Well, Ma- the one that just fell. Bear Mosh is going to go over and shove the other bear off. Okay, so you shove that bear off yeah, of Joan. I'm is the bear off of me now? Yeah. Joan, as a sort of reaction to what he sees in front of him is going to cast Magic Missile at the other bear that is now above him. Oh, God. Oh, okay. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm sorry. He got pretty much killed by a bear, then had a bear on him, and sees another bear. What do you think he's going to do? It's like, got all these different designs on him from the armor and weapons. It's a bear. Oh, he's casting as a second level spell. Five damage. How about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> Ramash is gonna slap it. Uh, yeah. The bear! <laughs> oh, yeah, I gotta cast Wild Magic. Yeah, too. Joe's gotta cast Wild Magic. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Please turn it All right. If you turn to a paw, I will step on you. Nine. 
Alright. I gained up 10 hit points back. Oh, actually, you gained 8 hit points back. Why? Because now you're going to let him have dealt damage with that Because he smacked you! Alright. As a, Fair as enough. my reaction to you hitting me, I just Fair. went... <laughs> Fair enough. Oh! Next time, you can move your own damn bear off you. Okay, I'm going to do a perception. I'm, I'm sorry, wouldn't that actually come out as... Okay. <laughs> this bear's yelping at me. So I have advantage on a perception check that relies on smell. That's 17. Okay, so in the back of the cave, you can smell an area that seems to be sort of like a uh, living quarters or like a maybe some kind of a stable for these bears. I'm going to start heading that direction. Okay. So when you go over there and check it out, the only real thing that you find of any sort of value is uh, there's a spare set of the armor that these bears were wearing before. Too big for Ramash, not going to take them. Also metal. Yeah, also metal. I don't wear metal armor anyway, so. And now I'll change back to Ramash. And you smell bad, bear. Fuck you. Ah! Oh, it was you. Hey, Ramash, what you, uh, what you find on that? Uh, just some bear armor. It's too big for any of us. There's no point in carrying it with us. What's it made out of? Iron, I guess. Maybe steel. Can I try and it's take some of these armor. and make them into bullets? Yeah, I think you could. Uh, I'm going to start with the ones on the dead bear, so because that's readily available. You're going to start skinning these bears? No. The but this is, but this is going to require a long rest, though. Okay, let's do it. We need to heal up anyway. Hey, guys, we got some, uh, we got some free iron down here. I'm forgoing the uh, survival check part, though, right? Because the, we have the plates for sure. And that's yeah, what I'm using I don't to think make the I don't think you need in this instance. You need to check okay, yeah. to see if you can find iron. You clearly have it. Okay. Yeah. He makes four bullets. You know, I'll let you do a second roll since they're adding the two to that one as well. Yeah. Okay. That's three more, so that's seven. Okay. I was thinking about it. As you were doing your first roll, I feel like since there's so much of it here, it's probably fair that you could get more than you normally get just from, like, scrounging around. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you solved my bear puzzle. Fucking bears. No, we should have gone down here in the first place. Because we had a choice. Should have disengaged. I would like to... Should have brought Is there any... John slaps Sebo. Is there any other... Fuck you! Throws a dagger at your face. Catches it Are we going to, anyway. like, stop trying to kill each other? <laughs> Wait, if he's actually throwing a dagger, do I have to do some sort of check? Joe, go ahead All and right. uh, do a uh, dexterity check for me. That's a critical fail. I guess roll damage on a dagger throw, Sebo. I mean to. So I guess don't say things you don't mean to do. So five. So you take five damage. However, okay. Joan, uh, you now have a new dagger. Jose, I was just thinking the same thing. Hey, Sebo, you see this dagger? Thank you. You can fucking keep it. I don't need it. All right, back to I'm two gonna, daggers. Um, scavenge the trainer. Does he have anything good on him? How much XP do we get? Be a hundred and fifty-six per person. Less than a thousand to go. Yeah, was there anything good on this guy? Not really. I mean, he's got all total with all the spears that he had. He had three spears total. Oh, he'll take a spear. And then, I mean, he was just wearing some just, like, simple light armor. So, yeah, you guys uh, make your way out of the pit, and I guess uh, at this point it's getting late enough in the day that you camp out to recover some hit points and uh, continue on the next day. Why am I still sober?
Are you trying to get drunk? Well, he, yeah. Did you, buy, did you buy some beer off the nose? Remember, he carries whiskey in his flesh. Oh, yeah. Oh, anybody got any stronger stuff than whiskey? Maybe I've just built up an immunity. I got some numbers made. Oh, you got some sad days coming. I've had some sad days already. Actually, can I have, can I have Joan do a, uh, a constitution saving throw? Fourteen. Yeah, Joan uh, actually at this point kind of loses his shit a little bit, and he's actually sitting in the corner of the camp, just like curled up, crying. <laughs> Forget. They're there, buddy. He's cuddling the toy soldiers. I just want to drown out the noises. <laughs> I guess real quick, I also wanted to ask. I know Mikhail went and uh, skinned the bears. Did you make anything out of the pelts besides a loincloth? I did fashion a kind of like a drawstring bag. Okay. It's large enough to fit a gnome in. <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy some I, um, go take these bear's claws? Yeah, you can take the claws off the bear. So, uh, it's like, what, four for each paw, so, uh, what, 16 total? Yeah. Remember how Harkana collected eyes? So anyways, are you doing anything with these claws, or are you just keeping them? Uh, at the moment, I'm not, no. Okay. So, uh, Mikhail, you didn't make any cool gifts for anybody else, just made yourself a bag and a loincloth? I mean, I fashioned some bone arrowheads. Okay. Ramash is eating bear meat. So the next morning, uh, everybody's well-rested, except for Joan. He was kind of freaking out last night. You want some bear jerky there, bud? No, I ain't been crying. Ooh, we'll take some bear jerky. Yeah, I'll take a... a, I'll, I'll eat a bear. He'll jerk a bear. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> Anyways, so you guys pack up your stuff, and um, this gnome crew escorts you the rest of the way through the woods, and uh, just as you reach the clearing uh, next to Timber's Crest, they sort of bid you farewell and head back into the forest. Bye, guys. Nice seeing you, as always. Thanks for help fighting the bears, you know. Cough, cough. Give me to a tavern. And you guys turn and begin to walk towards the city of Timber's Crest. Right before you kind of get out of the actual forest area, you hear some motion of a large being kind of walking towards you. And out of the trees comes an ant. This one is a willow tree or looks similar to a willow tree. And approaches you and says, Greetings, travelers. My name is Wydra. I assume that you are the adventurers that encountered Mossy some nights ago? You would be correct. And how do you know? Has word spread this far? Oh, of course. I am uh, part of the Leaf Coalition. We share information as quickly as possible to best defend the city. I bring to you some concerning news. And uh, she turns to Mikael and says, of the warriors that you sent into the wasteland to complete your mission, only five returned. But they did return. They did. They seemed quite frightened. They spoke of an invasion of giant scorpions that overcame them. They didn't really give us much information before making haste back to the city from whence they came. They said that they needed to report back to their order. Did they make any mention of Leroy? They did not mention anyone named Leroy. He got away! <laughs> Great. We'll be Wait, is Jonah a horse? <laughs> 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 
I know the wild magic has been getting pretty funky, but I don't think Joan is a horse. <laughs> I don't. Uh, Get out of way! Excuse me. <laughs> horse, horse you got any hay bales around? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I mean, some carrots? <laughs> I think I'll change my name to Mr. Ed. Well, as long as I stay away from my home, that doesn't bother me either way. How fair is Timber's Crest? See for yourself. The city has seen better days, but it still stands. She turns to Sibo, and she says, I believe that you were here for the battle that ensued. Yes, I, w- I was. How are the uh, the troops? They suffered heavy losses, but were able to push the enemy back to the north. Well, they were homesteaders, not warriors. Yeah, but let me tell you what. We kicked some real skeleton ass, didn't we? Huzzah. Yes, we fucking did. You didn't do shit, Joan. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I wish you could have left one for In- me. Indeed. Is there any message that I can convey for you? Did the warriors that I left for Mossy, did those stay? The contingent of troops that you left stayed under the command of Mossy to begin building defenses along the edge of the forest to stop the oncoming threat. I have no word on if they have encountered the enemy yet. Mikhail sends up a prayer for the fallen warriors. Rosh turns the garden to her and says, Could you send a message down south to Captain Artemis and inform him that our mission was successful and we have the magical artifact in our possession? Of course. When should he expect you? As soon as possible. Hey, uh, Weirdra, um, can I talk to you about a business proposition? Here we go. Yes? Right uh, your Leaf Coalition wouldn't be interested in, uh, perhaps helping the known population of the White Timber Forest uh, in our noble pursuits. <coughs> Sorry, I had some stuff in my throat. Uh, trust me. The Leaf Coalition knows all about the noble pursuits of <laughs> the gnomes. That's going to have to be a hard pass for me. But you'll take it to the Council of the Leaf Coalition, right? <coughs> Sorry, you must know what I ate for lunch or something. <laughs> Um, no. I, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> straight up, no. She got you, no yeah. boy. <laughs> Has there been any, any activity here at Timber's Crest recently, since the destruction? I have not spent much time in the city. You should head on in and see what the townsfolk have to say. Tally-ho! Ross starts making his way that way. Thank you for all your assistance. Of course. Tell Mossy I'm still sorry. Keep up your noble work. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if those scars will heal right away. Give Mossy some time. Yeah, I'm sure they won't. <laughs> Tell him if he ever needs a hug. Ravash is here for him. I'll give him a hug. Anything to help. I didn't mean it. I promise. I'll climb him. No, I don't think that's probably <laughs> going to be taken well. <laughs> oh, my. Also, phrasing. <laughs> Well then, bye. <laughs> Have a good one. And with that, she uh, turns and walks back into the forest. I think I'm gonna go have a little fun inside Timber's Crest. Yeah. Fun? I, mean, I need a drink. I mean, also, you look I think like I, I, I might want to stop by a shop, see if I can uh, acquire some goods. So, you guys are going into Timber's Crest then? Correct. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Alright, so as you are approaching the town, you can see all around that there's patches of the grass that are still scorched or, you know, the grass has kind of died out from the heat. The walls of the city also have some pretty serious scorch marks on them 
There's actually some crews kind of out around pulling out sections of the timber off of the walls and replacing them with fresh timber. So there is several crews of men either replacing the logs or kind of coming out of the forest in the surrounding areas with new logs to put up in those places. So the whole operation is actually very efficient. One of the things uh, the people that live here in Timbers Crest have learned is to respect the forest that they live around. Especially when you have a coalition of ants that'll fuck your shit up if you start burning the forest up too much. There actually is very little of what you would commonly associate with a construction scene. They're being very low impact to the surrounding area. Ramash has a great deal of respect growing for these guys. <laughs> the one thing that you also notice is going up to the main gate, there is a sort of cobbled walkway that comes down. It looks like they've taken some stones and kind of hewed them in half and put them down into the ground to sort of make this flattened pathway that comes up. And uh, as you come up, you notice that certain sections of this pathway are still stained with blood. And you can only imagine that these are from the bodies that you initially heard reported that had been staked out in front of the city. And so uh, with that, you enter the city. And uh, what would you guys like to do? There is a tavern. There's a... Tavern! <laughs> Knock yourself out. I would like to suggest a long rest or more or less a We montage. don't need a long we rest. No, I know. More or less a montage of... Enjoying the tavern. Mikhail dropping his armor off at the tavern where he's reserved a room and offering assistance in cutting the timbers and moving them. Okay, so Mikhail's going to do some work then? Yeah. Ramash okay. will join him after hitting up a place to spend gold if there's one that's not the tavern. Okay. I would like to look for a shop where I can buy Perhaps some Perhaps an armory. Okay. So you're getting a room at the end then? Or at one of the locals' houses, depending on if somebody is thankful for the assistance. Okay. We'll say you talked to one of the work crews on your way in, and one of the guys offered to let you stay at his house in exchange for helping them out with this. So, since I'm doing that, I would like to do a more or less an investigation check just through conversation to see if I can see what's going on, how everybody's doing. Okay. 20. Yeah, I saw Maliaklis the other day. <laughs> <laughs> he just came through here. <laughs> what a coincidence. Orange and fire and everything. I came face to face with the devil himself. I'd also like you to do a... There's a check. It's like it's hospitality, right? Or persuasion. That's that's what we're gonna go with. All right. Seventeen. Obviously, you. Some people are uptight about talking about trying. Right. So you roll the high investigation, but basically, I want to see how personable these people find you. Right, because I am a drow. <laughs> right. So we'll say um, at first they were a little hesitant because specifically your race kind of has a bad reputation when it comes to being nice people. But you're unsolicited to offer to help them and generally kind of knowing your shit, basically, in terms of, you know, doing this job, kind of loosen them up a little bit. And so uh, after, we'll say after you've done about an hour or two of uh, hauling logs, this one guy uh, who had offered to let you stay at his house, his name is Lester. So you guys kind of take a water break to sit down and catch your breath a little bit. 
as you're talking, uh, we'll say that you kind of turn uh, turn your questions sort of towards what happened during the siege of the city. So, Lester, I am curious. What exactly went down around here? I know there was an invasion, but uh, it seems to have done quite a great deal of damage to the city itself. And there are quite a few random scorch marks. Not familiar with skeletons. Oh yeah, it's that, uh... Have you heard tell of that that dark lord? What are they? What are they calling him? Um, and he's kind of he's kind of trying to think of uh, or or something or something or other. Perhaps Ornan. Ornan. That's the that's the feller. Ornan. So uh, the the Ornan feller. I guess he's got this magical demon working for him. Um, he was. Well, I, I gotta tell you, he was pretty terrible. Terrible looking. Had these horns and. Uh, these glowing eyes, and, and he leans in a little closer. Now nobody believes me, but I saw him real up close. So, so here's here's the way it happened. And he uh, he pauses and takes a little bit swig of his water to kind of prepare for this story. So here's the way it happened, right? I was uh, out doing some rounds around the forest. We've got a couple of uh, spots where we're trying to plant some saplings, you know, kind of promote the health of the forest. So. I was out checking on those, making sure irrigation's all working right. And uh, just as I'm coming through part of the forest, coming up to the main trail, uh, I hear some voices, and they just didn't sound quite right. So I uh, I climbed myself real quick up in a tree and held as still as I could. Then along comes these uh, re- these real nasty looking fellas. I don't know I don't know what or who they were, but they had these these heavy cloaks on, and they were covering their faces and this language they were talking, and I couldn't understand it at all. So, uh, anywho, they come along, and, uh, right behind them, they got this, this guy, he's real kind of short-looking, but, uh, I, like I tell you, he's got these horns and these fiery eyes, and, uh, he's talking to these fellers in this language that they're talking, and, uh, them fellers come up and, uh, wait on the edge of the clearing for a moment, and then out of the city comes some more figures in dark cloaks and those figures I did recognize they were uh they, they were just like the stories that my poppy told me about these uh these dark beings called uh called the Kenku they're some surreal evil folk we ran into some Kenku in the forest before oh see alright so well it's nice to have somebody that doesn't think I'm crazy so these uh these fellers these Kenkus they uh they came out and they had a couple of couple of the townsfolk, they had Jimmy and, uh, and Lisa and Ben, and, uh, they had them gagged and tied up and hauled them over to this dark wizard-looking feller with the horns. He, uh, kind of reaches back into his bag, and I, I caught a glimpse of his face, like I say, it was terrible, and he looked old, he looked older than dirt. Then he, uh, reaches into his bag, and he draws out this, uh, this dagger. And he goes over and he uh, he bends over Jimmy and uh, gets real close and whispers something in his ear. And then all of a sudden, bam! And he stabbed him right in the heart. And then he started doing all kinds of crazy, unnatural things. And next thing I know, he had, he, well, he had half the skin off of him. And he just sort of snapped his fingers. And two of the Kenku fellas, they grabbed him and dragged him up near the top of the city. I, I assume you saw the, the blood stains up there on your way in. Indeed, indeed. He did the same thing with uh, with Lizzie and the same thing with Ben. And, uh, 
Afterwards, he, he wipes off his knife and he goes to put it away and, well, I tell you, I swear his face looks smooth as a baby. So it did reverse his age, though. I, I, I guess I can't, I can't think of any other explanation for it. So then he, uh, he, he kind of stands up and looks to the left and the right of his fellers that he had there. And, uh, he, uh, he says something to them in their language, and they turn around and they go back into the forest. And, uh, then he turns back and he faces the city. And, uh, so the first thing I can understand, he stretches out his hand and he just says, Let it burn. And with that, these fireballs just shoot out of his hand and he blasts it across the whole front of the city, starting fires all over the place. And then at that point, he, uh, he turned back to follow his fellers back into the city and... Well, I didn't look back. I ran as fast as I could, pounded on the gate, got got them folks by the entrance to let me in, and, uh, you know, we, we tried to put out the fires, but before we knew it, the, this whole army led by those shadowy figures was back again, and that, well, you know, that was that. Most interesting, Lester. Not only do I believe you, I want to know more. Perhaps, after we are done with our work here... You could uh, point me in the direction. Did you happen to see where this fiery wizard went after everything was cleared, or was there too much chaos? Well, you know, there was a there was a mighty lot of chaos going on. We, uh, you know, we ain't really professional soldiers around here, but uh, we got together pretty good and fought these fellers off. Uh, some of the Leaf Coalition came and helped us out, but anyways, when we had them. Uh, sort of kicked out and run, and they all ran to the north, so I have to assume that their uh, their leader, this wizard fellow, had to have followed with them. Well, I thank you, Lester. You have given me much vital information. Do tell me, this dagger, was it made of silver by any chance? I reckon that it probably could have been made of silver, for sure. I don't take it you were near enough to get a clear look at the dagger itself. No, like I mean, I like I said, I was uh, I was up in a tree a good bit and slightly away from him. I actually, I feel like I'm lucky. If I would have been any closer, he probably would have seen me. Indeed, that is that is the case. I'm amazed you were undetected. Well, you know, my my daddy did always say he said, and he, he'd always say like, "Son, it's always better to be a hard working man than a sneaky no good man." And that's what he always said to me. So. uh... You know, I, I kind of try to focus on that. Your father sounds honorable. Well, yeah, he was a he was a good good soul. Uh, so good, in fact, he uh, he led the charge in the last battle. I'm afraid he didn't make it. Dearest me, I'll have to pay respects to his grave. You have buried the dead, I assume. Yeah, well, uh, all, all the dead that we can find. I will send up a prayer to Bahamut in their honor. Well, I I, I thank you for that. So yeah, I think that after that he kind of uh, gets up and uh, kind of gets back to work. Are you still uh, working with the crews here, or are you going in back into the city after that? I still finish out the day, but I try to find my compatriots towards the end, like sunset. Okay, so we'll we'll just say you're working on that for now. So uh, what's everybody else trying to do here? Ramash is looking for maybe an armory to buy weapons from or something. Well, or because these two are fucking pounding for some fucking place to shop, I might as well tell you what I'm doing since it's not that. Okay. Yeah, we'll do uh, we'll do the shopping stuff, kind of. Yeah, damn, Thanks. guys. Joan is going to... He's actually going to pretty much do 
what uh, Mikael did. Oh, since yeah. he's kind of a, he thinks of himself as being a, a good guy. You know, he's like that <laughs> cowboy that comes into the town and helps. Sure. Out. So he's also going to help with repairs. Maybe not exactly the same part. Maybe some other parts like buildings or whatever okay. inside the town or whatever. He's also going to uh, use this feature called Rustic Hospitality if he can. Okay. So Joan can find a place to hide, rest, and or recuperate among other commoners unless shown to be a danger. And they will protect me from the law or others looking for me, but not at the cost of their lives. So basically just kind of like using that feature as a find a place to stay while they're in town if they're there that long. Well, well that's what he's doing. He's helping with repairs. Okay. Staying actually, in a place if he can. Instead of going straight to the armory, I think Ramash would actually, since he's a nature guy, would follow up on any information they get about battle and attempt to search the area just north of Timber's Crest for any possible leads of where these guys were heading. I don't know, just to see if he could track down any okay. information. Yeah, yeah, I, li- I like that. So, Ramash is going to kind of walk through the wilderness, basically, and see if he can pick up any traces from the battle. Split off from the party he's going to die. Yeah. Okay, yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and roll an investigation check for me. Critical fail. <gasps> Wham! You can't even find yourself. I get lost in the woods and I can't find my way back. I also want you to do a a nature check. Got five. All right. So I think that Ramash is able to just kind of follow the simple signs of where nature has been kind of disturbed and sort of locates the area where the battle was and kind of the general tracks going north, but he can't really make anything of it. Gonna, I mean, kind of just maybe make a mental note that he knows where this is if, you know, maybe get some somebody back with him later that can help him figure it out. Uh, basically, Ramash kind of can't really make any heads or tails of what he's found, so he just makes a mental note that maybe he'll see if he can find somebody that specializes in this kind of tracking that can come help him out. So Sibo's going to pay some respects to the town blacksmith. Okay. Um, we'll and say the town blacksmith, his name is Ansel. Ansel! Sibo. Hey, big guy. You me ten gold pieces! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, buddy. Hey. Let's not worry about it. And he just tosses him a, uh, like a ten gold piece or... Okay. He bites it to make sure that it's real, because he doesn't trust you at all. Look. What do you want? Look, I need kind of a, uh, a special weapon commissioned, if you could. See what pulls... Well, of course I can! Get on with it! See what pulls out of his bag two of these brown bear claws that he had recently gotten. Okay. And sets them down the table. Now, uh, I was wondering, uh... If you'd be able to, uh, insert a blade, perhaps, into the curvature of this here claw for me, and, uh, give me a little bit of a, like a ring on the end of my, uh, the handle. And he just draws up, like, a little sketch for Ansel. But you want one side of it to be the bear claw? Yes, so basically, basically he'd be, like, in the middle, he'd be filing out, and then inserting a blade in, and there's a ring on the end. Okay. Oh. Ansel, big guy, do you think you can do that for me? Of course I can do it, but I want to get paid up front this time, Sibo. Oh, yeah. Nothing like that time two years ago when you told me that your poor old grandma needed you and you had to rush away, that you pay me back next week. Look, man, that's in the past, uh... What would you like? I think, uh, Ansel takes these bear claws, and he looks at them, and, uh, 
kind of taps on him a little bit with one of his hammers, sort of examining him. And uh, he says, well, I think I can do it for, we'll say, 40 gold pieces each. 40 gold pieces each, both for 65. 70's the lowest, Soko. Fine, 70 for both of them. Here you go, good sir. And um, when do you think my beauties will be ready for pickup? And he's quickly counting through the gold to make sure you're not skimming them here. Did you try to skim him? No, you gave him the full 70 pieces. Okay, how out of character. I'll have them ready for you by tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Bye, buddy! Get out of my shop! And, uh, so he takes off. Alright, when Sibo is done at the blacksmith, he's gonna go to the inn, not to drink, but rather to meet up with any of the locals who are currently performing in the inn to catch up with those he knows and to shoot the breeze and play some music for the people in the inn. Perhaps getting himself a few gold pieces while he plays. Is there a famous musician there named Elvish Presley? No, but Lionel Richie's been doing a cool residency there. <laughs> Damn! Is Lionel Richie a warlock that accidentally transformed itself into a half-lion? <laughs> no. When Sibo comes in, initially, the act that's performing on stage is this guy that actually performs his whole set in a lion mask. And his name is uh, Lionel Richie. Spellcasting on the ceiling. Let's go, Lionel! As you yell, you draw the attention of a couple of people, uh, including one random barmaid who turns around and goes, Sibo! And smacks you across the face. Oh, how's it going, Jessica? And then she walks away. Nice seeing you, as always. You see a table over in the corner that's sort of the regular table where the performers normally sit. There's enough of them in and out of here that they kind of just sort of have a permanent residency at the table. There's always some sort of performers over there. So you go over and uh, somebody offers to buy you around. So first one's on them. And uh, yeah, so I think you just hang out and kind of talk to your compatriots. Is there uh, anything in particular you were looking to try to talk to them about or just kind of wanting to catch up? More so just catching up. Okay. So uh, you're there catching up. This is uh, kind of early afternoon at this point when you kind of go in there. So I think now it's later in the evening. The logging crews and the kind of repair crews are wrapping up for the day. So you guys are done with your work. Uh, Ramash, you having a somewhat unsuccessful time looking for stuff. Actually, I guess before we do that, did you try to solicit any help in yes. figuring this out? Yeah, since I don't know the area that well, I'm going to try and find someone who does know the area very Okay, well. so we'll say that you uh, you go back into town, and after a little bit of asking around, you run into a trapper who knows the area really well, and he says that he'll uh, give you some help for ten gold pieces. Sounds fair. So, uh, he goes out there, and uh, this time, since he's with you, I want you to do a do a survival check, and then I'll give you a plus three, because you have this guy with you. A plus three? Right. Plus three on top of your normal bonus. That's a 20. So, with this extra help, you are able to figure this out. So, and actually, he was there, um... Not He was not in the, because he's a trapper, so he was kind of out in the forest, and when he saw some of the flames going up, he came back to see what was going on. So he was involved in sort of the second wave of the attack, 
kind of that last push that helped move everybody. So he knows a little bit about what went on. So he kind of details to you, walks you around, sort of shows you where different parts of the battle took place and kind of how formations were set up. And he's kind of just telling you about what was going on. As I mean, he's not a military strategist, but just sort of what he saw. So kind of yeah. the layman's view of it. So then he uh, he kind of goes north with you. I'll say you guys walk north probably a mile or two, kind of following the trail. And um, he looks at kind of all this stuff laid out. And is kind of studying, looking at the branches. He actually climbs up in a tree to kind of get a view of the forest going forward. And he comes back down and he says, Well, the best I can figure, I'd say they probably went for, uh, probably went for Ice Pass. I, the, the name kind of is deceiving. You see, it's not so icy during these times. Fairly passable during the summer months. During the winter, it's, you know, it's, you can't get through it at all. But uh, the way that they went, you know, I'd have to say that that's probably the best way that they could have got through if they kept going north like it looks like they did. Icy Path. That place sounds familiar. I don't know. I'm from the north myself. I may have come across it a time or two. Thanks for your help. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you guys uh, head back into town. So at this point, the rest of you are now kind of coming back into town and uh, dusk is starting to fall. Uh, What are you going to do with the rest of your night? Did anybody head into a tavern at the end of the night? He's in the tavern right now. I went there after I was done drinking. I was done working. Before, well, I, before I went back to the homestead, I'm staying there. That's where they're going to be. All right. So, so, so I would like to uh, meet up at whichever tavern they're at. I'm specifically looking for Ramash. Okay. At which point, I would lean over and whisper in Draconic, I have heard that my oldest of enemies has made a presence near this town and that he headed off to the north. What information have you gathered? My information confirms what you've heard. He did go north, in fact, to a place called Icy Pass. It's in the mountains far to the north. I think I've actually been there a few times. I would appreciate your assistance, and would seek out my oldest of enemies. I'd be more than happy to. I am deeply grateful. I favor your strength. Y'all want to stop roaring over there and trying to listen to Zag? I think his name's like Lion Richie or something. This discussion kind of took place as you were all coming into the tavern. You kind of met up outside. As you come in, the scene that you come across is uh, this bar has gotten rowdy uh, as people have kind of filled the place in, getting off work and things like that. So you notice there's quite a bit of chatter. You know, people are sitting at these long kind of communal style tables having a drink some people are having dinner there uh what you also notice is up on stage the solo act that was performing earlier has been replaced by a variety act which includes a quartet of gnomes singing a bar song including Sibo who is double fisting some big old tankards of beer and has clearly had many more before those so they're swaying back and forth and basically belting their hearts out here. I'm going home. Oh, you're not even gonna get a drink. You just out. No, he's Come gonna. On. He's gonna go. To, he's just gonna <laughs> ignore the act on the stage. Go to the bar and get a drink. Okay. Okay. Sitting, large, sitting at the bar. Large chunk of meat. Okay. And um, that's that's it for the no quartet for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We've been the Fornums. Thank you. Bartender, what is the strongest thing you have on tap? Well, we don't have it on tap, but uh, 
Best thing we got in the place is this uh, newfangled uh, whiskey we just got in from up north. Does it happen to be uh, hounds by, by any chance? Yep. The uh, Everybody seems to be going crazy for it up there in the north, so we ordered a couple of barrels down here ourselves. Uh, I've had J- stronger stuff at home, but if that's the best you got, I'll get me one. All right. One uh, genuine hounds bite extra age whiskey coming up. Thank you, Caroline. And he uh, pours you a glass and slides it over. He takes it and just, like, slowly drinks on it, completely ignoring Sebo as best he can. Okay. I would like to see, is Lester also in the bar? I would like to introduce him to Ramash and kind of have him retell his tale, if possible. Um, I think Lester is there. He is kind of... He's not at a table. He's kind of standing in the back just talking to people because uh, he's expected home by the missus, so he can't stay yeah. for too long. But he's uh, sort of doing the, the old uh, the old gag, I'll just have one more <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> as the four drunken gnomes stumble off stage, you watch as four gnomes slowly walk over the table and grab something in a small bag and go outside to the back alleyway. Actually, Jones specifically does not see that because he's avoiding looking at you entirely. Okay. I might need a perception check on that. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm pretty pretty involved with the conversation. Ooh. (laughs) A nine. (laughs) A nine. I think Mikael sees them leave, and he's very interested in why they seem to be leaving the bar, but he doesn't immediately know. So is he just going to kind of watch him leave, or is he going to go... He does a double take, and then he goes back to his conversation. Okay. So I think you meet up with Lester, and uh, after some sort of formality chit-chat with some of the other guys that are there, are able to pull him away to kind of talk to Ramash. So he basically recounts the story, more or less, as he told it to you. Whenever Lester decides that one more is actually the last one, whether or not that be a last call, or... Actually, I think uh, after he tells you his story, he goes back to meeting with his friends and drinking, and uh, about an hour or so later, his wife actually comes into the bar, grabs him by the wrist, and pulls him out as he kind of drains his last beer and sort of sets the glass on the end of the bar as he gets pulled out. As Mikhail sees the missus drag Lester out, He decides now is a good time to uh, order a a leg of mutton to leave on the table for the morning. Okay. Are you getting a drink at all, or are you just... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, you know, he's pacing himself, not getting hammered. Okay. Ramash, are you you drinking, or are you just hanging out? Ramash is eating. I knew he was eating. Are you drinking, or are you just... Yeah, sure. He'll have maybe a mug or two. Okay. Not super strong stuff, but something. Okay. So, uh, for your sort of, uh, night here, Sibo actually ended up spending 40 gold pieces on drinks. He was there till last call, and then they actually coerced the bartender into staying later. And so... <laughs> what a surprise! They, so they were there drinking till about 4 o'clock in the morning. Actually, we took a small break to go outside in the alley to smoke the finest of the White Timber Grove before deciding to drink some more. Right. One of your buddies brought that, so you didn't have to pay for that this time. Uh, but yeah, you spent 40 bucks on your bar tab. I think Joan actually spends 30 gold pieces at the bar because he still has not realized that he actually cannot get drunk, and so 
since he's not feeling it at all and this is supposed to be the strongest thing that they have, he kind of just keeps going back and ordering more. So he uh, he spends a lot on alcohol. Yeah, high tolerance. Wow. Ramash spent about 15 gold pieces. He got a meal and a couple beers. And uh, Mikhail spent 20 because he bought that big leg of mutton to take back to the house with him. And so, yeah, that kind of wraps up your night. Quick question. Yeah. Um, when Sibo was playing earlier, did he get anything before he reached a state of extreme intoxication uh, as far as people generously? <laughs> yeah. We'll say that Sibo nets 10 gold pieces. All right. So next morning, you guys all kind of meet up. Ramash and Mikhail are looking good. Jones got some pretty dark circles under his eyes because he didn't sleep very much. Sibo, um... <laughs> Looks rough. <laughs> He's actually, actually, Sibo is still slightly drunk. He's kind of in that sort of weird phase where, like, he's drunk and hungover at the same time. Oh, God. So he looks like he's about to throw up. Basically. <laughs> and Sibo and I thought I didn't look too well. No. Shut the fuck up. I'm just trying to enjoy myself in my hometown. You can get mad at me for that. Uh, nobody said I was mad at you. Hey, stop yelling. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> I understand that y'all wanted to do some shopping. We did. You are correct. So. I prefer to knit So you go into the general store to uh, get some stuff. So what they have in the store, they have um, well, per- all of the projectile kind of darts or... Arrows or whatever the case might be. They don't have bullets, but they have... The way I'm going to handle that is that... Basically, I'm just going to let you buy steel, and you can forge your own bullets. Because obviously, they don't have the actual bullets. Yeah, it's new technology. So you can buy the steel. You'll have to take some time to make the bullets. But That's fine. And then on top of that, as far as weapons, they have quarterstaffs, daggers... Tridents, spears, and blowguns. They also have anything that's on the adventuring gear list. Ramash would like to sell the random spear he got from the bear handler. I can offer you five gold pieces for me. Alright, that sounds fair. So, uh, would like to buy a grappling hook. Okay. And ten more meters of rope. Rope, you can only buy in lengths of 50 feet. And you can either do a hempen or silk. So you want 50 feet of that? Sure. So that's going to be two gold pieces for the rope and four gold pieces for the grappling. So six altogether. Ramash would like to buy, obviously, a quarter staff and two jars of um, alchemist's fire. So that's going to be 200 gold pieces for the alchemist's fire. All right. Quarter staff is going to be 20 silver pieces. So, yeah, two gold pieces. All right. So, 202. As the rest of the people are still uh, buying stuff, did Sibo make his way over to the blacksmith's shop to pick up the Yeah, I think we can we can resolve that while they're figuring out what else they want to buy if you're done shopping. Yeah, so you uh, you walk in and uh, Ansel says, Well, Sibo, I have to say, this is some of the best work I've ever done. Well, good to hear, Ansel. Um, I never thought you'd let me down. You're, you're the man. Are you drunk already? No, sir. I was drunk last night. <laughs> Gnomes. 
Anyways, here they are. Try not to cut your fingers off. Ooh. Or do, I don't care. <laughs> Ansel, you outdid yourself. So, what you've got here is all kind of as one solid piece of steel. You've got the loop of the end of the dagger with a small bit of steel, sort of as like a spot to like keep your fingers, kind of. And then as the blade curves through, the bear's claw is on the back side of the blade, so the blade's on the one side. And then at the very end of the claw, the metal extends past about an extra half inch and cuts out to make sort of a sharp tip at the end. And then uh, there's some small kind of intricate metal work that kind of crosses over the back side of the claw, kind of partially as decorative, but also partially to help keep the whole thing together. So yeah, so you've got two of these. So I think the way we're going to handle these is they are going to be um, normal dagger stats plus one damage. So is uh, is anybody else buying anything, any weapons? Yep. I would I like have... to uh, talk to Ansel and discuss with something that I have called the Odysseus Longbow. It would have to require a strength check to draw, but do additional damage. So, uh, basically, I think you, co- you come to Ansel, and uh, I think actually what happens is Sibo uh, comes back with his daggers, and since he's still kind of drunk, he's showing them off to everybody. Definitely admire Hey, guys, look at these fine pieces of beauty. You see, hey, John, do you see, do you see these? I'm sorry, I was busy admiring my uh, gun. Sibo, can you do a dexterity check with disadvantage? Oh, I rolled 60 on both of them. What you say it was dex? So even 20. Okay. So, yeah, somehow you managed to not slice yourself with these knives and you're waving them around. But uh, Mikhail is impressed with the craftsmanship, so he comes to the, uh, the smith's shop and kind of explains to Ansel his idea, and Ansel says, Well, I think I can do it, but it's going to take some time. That sounds fair. I've yet to meet a smith quite so adventurous. How about this? You, uh, you plop down 20... Hmm. And he kind of thinks what? Better make it 50 gold pieces up front, and, uh, if it takes me any more than that, we'll settle up when you come back. Sounds fair. Are there any uh, pieces of equipment you require from the wild? No, I think uh, I think I got an idea here. I can make this work with what I got. Sounds fair. Draw the 50 gold pieces without hesitation. You have 50 gold pieces and uh, have a now a standing order for this bow. So next time you're in, in Timber's Crest. Next time you're in Timber's Crest, you can stop in to check on the status of this bow that he's making for you. Okay, so uh, anybody else doing any shopping here? Yeah, I haven't done anything yet. Okay, well, go ahead. First of all, what race is the shopkeep? What race is he? Yes. I think he's actually a dwarf. I greet him in dwarvish. Get on his good side. Don't worry why, just feel it. I don't know, you ever tried to speak Spanish to a Mexican? (laughs) Are you doing a persuasion check for me? Okay. Twelve. He thinks Joan's a little pretentious. (laughs) Is it obvious that he thinks Joan's a bit pretentious? You you can tell that he's not fully impressed by the fact that you're speaking to him in Dwarvish. My apologies, I, I was just trying to be friendly. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. That's good to hear. All right. What can I get for you? I'm interested in getting a water skin, quarter staff, and uh, some steel. 
enough steel that he can fashion enough bullets to get him back to 20, which would require 13 bullets. Okay. I think he says he can do the whole thing for 10 gold pieces. All right. I'll give him 15. Okay. Just because? Just because, yeah. Now he thinks you're even more pretentious because you're throwing money around. I'm just trying to be friendly. I apologize if... I, I'm i just trying to be generous. I'm not particularly rich. I, I don't know. Did I say no. anything? No, but you got this look about you like I did something wrong. Don't be in my business. Get out of my store. I apologize. I apologize. Thank Have a good day. Thank you for the wear. So uh, with that, you guys all kind of meet up. I'm great at the- making friends. <laughs> the, kind of the entrance to the city. <laughs> Anybody wanting to say any kind of last goodbyes before you take off? Or I would like to draw a page out of my prayer book and write how to make friends on it and hand it to Joan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm great at making friends, you stubborn idiot. All right. Ramash goes, that's, that's not a trait that uh, is among the I love you, Timbers Crest. Okay. Commending them on their... Ability to live in communion with nature. Okay. So you see, well, I'm not sure if Timbers Crest heard you. Well, should I should I yell louder? No, it was sarcasm. You're fine. Oh. Anyways, so I think you uh, you all pack up your new stuff and head out uh, going south toward Beacon. Mm-hmm.